Hello and welcome to this episode of Power Up Your Business podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Jones. We operate Q Performance, where we coach, mentor, and assist trading business owners how they can earn more financially from their business, how they can work less in their business, and ultimately create a business that can serve themselves and their family and build that lifestyle of choice. This is an awesome episode. It's a very timely episode. It's an episode around mental wellness. We speak with Danielle Buckley, a registered psychologist and an expert coach on mental wellness and how we can turn mental wellness into an intentional investment, just like physical health, where you need to have habits and be very intentional about making progress. Well, in this day and age, we need to make mental wellness a priority and put the same habits in place. Now, this is a really cool episode where Danielle frames her prescription for mental wellness. So there's going to be a lot of great takeaways. There's a lot of actions that as a business owner, you can take on board. There's a lot of actions you can implement with your team. And essentially, it's about opening up that awareness and opening up the conversation and opening up your vulnerability to say it's okay to say that I'm not okay. And it's all about empathy and compassion especially with the last two years that we've been dealing with and still dealing with on a global sense, on a natural disaster sense, and obviously from a COVID sense. So this is a really good episode. Danielle, two decades expertise in in implementing mental wellness in the corporate world and also across the construction industry through uh, trades, apprentices, programs. So great takeaways, everyone. Very timely, much-needed prescription. Really enjoy. Cheers. You're here to change your life. Because there's too much on the line. You're sacrificing shitload now and your family need to benefit. You've got to make learning a passion for yourself. The clicker for me, come and realise that, hey, I've got to get better at business. Danielle, awesome to have you on the this episode of the podcast and really focusing on mental wellness, obviously your specialty. I love how you frame it and, and just for the listeners, a bit of background, you know, Danielle presented to our community, was it the back of last year, wasn't it, Danielle, back of um, 2021, so in the midst of COVID and really as, as a group and as a as a community, you know, we really attached to how you frame it, that mental wellness is an intentional investment. Uh, it's not just something that comes and goes like physical health. You've got to actually have that intentional investment, which we'll dive into. But Danielle, give us a bit of background in terms of what leads you to this podcast today. Yeah, thanks, Matt. It's great to be here um, talking about something that's obviously very close to my heart. I've been a psychologist for almost 20 years. I started my job a female psychologist in an all-boys juvenile detention centre, which was fascinating, um, but also really opened my eyes to the fact that there's a lot that we can do in the intervention space as well as the prevention space. We don't need to wait until people have a clinical diagnosis. We can actually invest earlier on in our mental health and start to create higher levels of wellbeing for people. But in order to do that, We need to teach people, we need to educate people so they develop these skills because without consulting psychologists, without reading books, you tend to not know what you need to know. So I've spent the last 15 years working in corporate psychology and particularly I've been working very closely with trades, apprentices uh, and, and, and doing a lot of work within those communities. So hopefully I can bring some not just science scientific mindset, but also some experience from working with those groups of people. Well, the great thing is that we really appreciate in our community, obviously with the the bulk of our community trade-based, the bulk of our community and our listeners are business owners who have apprentices. And I like how you talk about, it's about the intervention rather than prevention. And I think that I know from my background coming through as an apprentice in in the construction industry, you know, in the in the 80s, it wasn't a done thing to show your weakness. It wasn't a done thing to show vulnerability. You know, it was very much a closed book. And if you did sort of show some emotion, you were quickly 
held down basically, where that's changing a lot now. And coming back to your experience, how has that sort of, in, especially in the last two years with COVID, uh, but as an industry itself, how are you seeing some changes within the construction industry and that openness now to have that vulnerability and really allow people to, to express themselves? I think one of the things that's most interesting about apprenticeship pathways, and we conducted some research four years ago with the New South Wales Business Chamber, it's called the Youth Census. And we looked at 30,000 youth in Australia and the different pathways that they took after school and we compared their, their well-being. And actually, when apprenticeships are done well, apprentices amongst all other cohorts had the highest level of well-being. Mm. And they had the highest level of well-being because when you think about an apprenticeship pathway done at its best, it has everything that we need, right? So we've got good coaching. We've got goal-focused behaviour. We've got progression. We've got reward. We've got good teams. We've got all of these things that, as you and I have talked about, are also linked to the prescription of mental health. Mm. So what's changed is a business's willingness to shift the way they work, and that has to start at the top, as you would know. We can't, you know, we need the leaders to drive culture change, but we know that when businesses are starting to make that shift, it not only benefits the individual apprentice, but the team, the customers, and the business in itself. So we're definitely seeing a shift in the right direction. So on the back of that, often when you finish an apprenticeship, essentially you're tagged as a tradesman. And for a lot of people, their growth or their goal setting or their progression or their mastery just finishes. Yeah. It's just be like an apprenticeship done, and I'm just going to be doing this for the next 30 years. Um, yeah. So do you find that, that because the apprenticeship is done, there's not a, then a logical pathway? And this is where a lot of business owners struggle with because they haven't got the experience of putting in a training plan or a competency plan and a growth plan for individuals and, and coaching and development plan for individuals. That's where do you find that often individuals stagnate, which then can lead to that depression or that, that neediness of what's next? Absolutely. When you get to the pinnacle of any point in your career, and I think you know, I've done a lot of work with NRL plays and, and when people get to the top, you know, there is that kind of what's next. Mm. But I think what we've learned and what we know and one of the challenges in this industry is just because you have the tools of the trade and you've become a plumber, for example, that doesn't mean you then have the skills to successfully run a business mm. because it's a completely different skill set. And what we're talking about now and what we want to start businesses doing is not just teaching the hard the hard skills and the trade skills but teaching the psychological skills mm. teaching the coaching skills because that's going to be the differentiator between somebody that survives and somebody that thrives yeah agree and look i think when you presented to our community at the back end of last year to the q performance community there was a lot of i suppose light bulb moments for the group and just that tap into the awareness of, okay, what as a business leader, what can I do? And I yeah. think, and this is what I really want to tap into today, the, the different components of that prescription because which comes back to that you know, intervention as it were. So the key things, which I'll just talk about just top line and then we'll go into them in a bit more detail. And this is what I want everyone to take away from our listeners. Just think about the prescription of what you can do right now in your business. So the, the key prescriptions that you were talking about relating to mental wellness is number one, community, you know, having that social connection and what we're talking about, having that safe environment. I think that the framework that we're talking before we got on here was that psychological safety for the individual. So that's number one. Number two is autonomy so that the individual can make their own decisions. They don't have to be micromanaged. Number three is around mastery, which comes back to what's my personal development, my growth, and am I enhancing and progressing forward? Positivity, having that positive mindset, and then underpin the final thing by purpose, knowing that my role has purpose, knowing that I've got meaning to get out of bed today. Um, so each of those key components, right, can really be that prescription for mental wellness for everyone. Mm. So just to tap into the first one, which is around that community and the importance of building a community. And for business owners, this is what we talk about in the Q performance community is that each business, you're building your own community, you're building your own safe environment. Um, you're building a, an environment that people, it's inclusive. Ideally, you're building that inclusive environment. But just how important is 
making sure for every individual that you are part of safe environments. Yeah, so when we look at this prescription, I think one of the most important factors, and this is research from Professor Felicia Huppert um, on wellbeing, that for us to actually enable change, we need to view these levers with an open heart, an open mind and clear thinking. So when we start to think about what psychological safety looks like or what social connection looks like, we need to also start saying, okay, so how am I in my business creating a sense of belonging? How am I creating that sense of connection? And we know in Australia, loneliness and exclusion is, is a really significant issue. And, and we've seen this particularly on the rise during COVID. So if we link back to the initial question you said about apprentices and what happens when they finish, and it's a bit like me studying psychology. I've, I've finished my degree, but I haven't stopped my learning. My learning's only just really beginning. So when we get to that point, and yes, people stagnate, but whether you've just finished your apprenticeship or you're a business owner, the ability to build social connections and build psychological safety, there's no end in sight for that. Mm. That's something we intentionally invest in every day. Now, that can look as really as simple as turning up to work in the morning with a coffee for somebody. Mm. It can be as simple as saying, hey, mate, how's your weekend? Or you look a bit tired today. How are you going? Or how do you find working with that client? I, I, I wasn't quite feeling it at the moment. You know, being vulnerable and having mm. those conversations. And look, look, I'm the first to say I know that a lot of men particularly find it hard. And we can go down there, you know, a toxic. We don't want to be vulnerable. No, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but, you know, what we see is when somebody starts that conversation, it creates a ripple effect. Yeah. And you have to be vulnerable because mm. without being that, without being vulnerable, without putting yourself forward, A, you're never going to build that level of connection because when you put yourself forward and you're vulnerable and you have the courage to say, you know, today's a really shit day for me. You know, you're actually owning it and we can't be happy and positive all the time. That's not the way that we're wired and actually we don't want to be. So we build social connections by creating that sense of psychological safety and by creating that sense of inclusion for people. And that's why SMOCO is important. You know, that's yeah. why team building and lunch is important because we want to sit down and actually get to know people, to have a chat. Yeah, and and we learn from each other during those moments of reflection. Yeah, no, you're spot on there. And some of the great feedback or the great results that our clients have had is just initiating a Monday morning coffee. Yeah. And again, it's not a structured, but Monday morning, this is how you start the week. Coffee, bacon egg roll, have a chat, how's the weekend? Again, it is that getting to know each other. And I think mm. a lot of that comes around that empathy and really yeah. compassion as well. And I think the, the vulnerability really needs to start with the leader because what we've seen, and again, credit to you and really appreciate the presentation, the information that you provided our community because they have shared that with their teams and they're getting great buy-in with their teams. And on the back of that, an openness to vulnerability is that as the owner, hey, I'm vulnerable as well. Mm, and that's mm. been then, that's really opened up dialogue and are you okay? And it's just like, okay, I yeah. don't have to be the Hulk, you know, don't always have to be going forward. There is like an opportunity to say, you know, what? I'm not that good today. Yeah, and that's, been and, and, real, and with context, that's been a real change. That's been a real change. Yeah, and, and with context over COVID as well, right? So, you know, I, I'm going to put the hat on of a small business owner at the moment who has got a number of overheads, clients chasing them, mortgage payments due, you know, low cash mm. flow, and you know somebody they rock up on a job site and somebody does something wrong by instinct right mm. they might snap at them mm. but where the where the real juice is is being able to say you know this is what's occurring for me at the moment mm. i am under pressure because what that does is it doesn't just show the vulnerability as well mm. but it teaches the other people around them coping mechanisms because that's their reality. We don't need to sugarcoat that. Mm. We're allowed to say, life is hard for me. Yeah. I'm under pressure. And when we say those things, it enables us, it enables our, our team and our community to, to you know, sharing that and, and do more. We drop down the barriers, don't you? Totally. The, the barriers come down because often 
team members, apprentices, they look at the boss and they think, oh, the boss is doing great, you know, because they see what's happening and we're busy and there's money in. They think everything's rosy on mm. the business owner's side. They don't realise the pressures. And if you do open the, the door, bring down the barriers and say, listen, I'm struggling here, this is a problem here, mm. then it opens that trust as well. Yep, and it really does absolutely. open trust, that honesty. And then, again, the, the appreciation that the team members are, have that information that they can actually help. And that's what we're finding is that the turnaround, and I think a lot of our clients and business owners have been operating business for 10 years and have really struggled with teams over a large period of that. They're really totally surprised by bringing down the barriers, being more vulnerable, mm. letting them in. Mm. The support they're getting from the team is quite unbelievable. Mm. Um, and it's been really empowering for that. And again, as you say, we've come through COVID and even now we've still got issues with isolation and then there's weather on the East Coast where there's rain and it's just mm. there's one thing after another. So we're definitely getting tested. And I think for everyone out there, just as a business owner and those listeners, just be vulnerable, you know, get the, get the team together and discuss how you're going, let them in so that they can actually help you. And that's part of you driving that safe environment. That's right. And, and as human beings, psychologically, scientifically, we crave that. Mm. So we crave that social connection. We crave that inclusion. So while you might view mm. this scenario as you being vulnerable, your peers view it as being welcomed into the club of inclusion. And that's the thing. You just people don't. We just don't realise that. Um, but, yeah, no, we're definitely seeing firsthand the positive impact of letting the team in. And then that then just rolls onto their productivity uh, and the cool. engagement on site, uh, which is fantastic. Then rolling into that, one of the key things that, that so we've got the number one around that the community and the social connection. Number two is around that autonomy in mm. roles. Now, what we're seeing again with the team, if you can give your team members autonomy, you know, you can give them clear structure and a framework where they, you know, once they're in that within that fence, they can do whatever they want. How important is it for individuals not to be micromanaged or how important is it for individuals to make sure that they're not having to look over their shoulder and worry about getting in trouble? Yeah, I can't stress I can't stress how important this is actually. And, you know, I think we all in high school, we learn about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And, mm. and while that, that still stands to some extent, what we now know, um, according to self-determination theory, is that we have three basic psychological needs. And one of those, well, it's competence, autonomy, and relatedness. Mm. So autonomy is that ability to feel in control of our lives, in mm. control of the way we operate. So while we can't control our circumstances, we need to be able to feel like we have a level of control over what we do. Mm. So, again, that might be setting parameters or, you know, at a really basic level, these are the things you need to get done today, over to you in how you do them, Mm. make your own choice in how you get them done and how you execute it, but do it. Yep. I think the other thing that's really important, Matt, is we learn more and our business grows more through challenging status quo. Mm. So what we can often find is just because something's always been done one way doesn't mean it always must continue to be done that way. Yep. And when we allow people to have a sense of autonomy, mm. sometimes that's where we can spark creativity and innovation because there's small tweaks in the way somebody approaches a task, which can take the burden off business owners. It's not always yeah. correct, but that's how a business can also grow. And having that, in, coming back to the environment, having that environment where people are okay to come back with suggestions and you're actually listened to, as you mentioned, it may be wrong, like what they say might be coming back with their suggestion may be wrong, but it gets a dialogue going. Absolutely. You know, that yeah. might be wrong, but you know what? If we tweak it this way, it may be a better outcome. And this is where, look, what for everyone listening, you know, to, to drive the autonomy within your organisation is, is improve your planning and preparation so that you can give your team members enough information so they can actually make decisions rather than if you're in that reactive mode as a business owner, you've got no time to plan and prepare. You're just like follow me into the fire type thing. So exactly. it comes back to that planning and preparation. It does. And it also builds on the social connection piece, right? Mm. So the more you know your colleagues, then the more you are able to create an environment where they can have autonomy. Mm. And it might be really simple stuff like what's most important for someone one day is being able to pick up their child from childcare. Mm. So allowing somebody to have that on one day mm. gives them autonomy. It gives them a sense of, right, okay, 
if the wheels are falling off, I know I've got the ability to quickly duck home and do this and do that. Mm. You can't ever allow someone to have that autonomy if you don't have an understanding of what's going on in their life. Yeah, which comes back to that compassion and, and yeah. that empathy and the context of, of what they're bringing to work. Leading on from there, the, the autonomy is the next, that number three is mastery. Now, this is a, this is a key component that we really, we've seen great traction. And we've yeah. seen when business owners and leaders start to put a coaching and development hat on, Again, it comes down to empathy and compassion and communication because it's actually asking, hey, Danielle, as an example, okay, you're a tradesman now as a plumber. What are some of your interests? Where where mm. do you see yourself down the track? How can we help and facilitate that? So as an example, like we've had some great and some of the our clients have had some great um, results with, as an example, transitioning some of their tradesmen into design work. They're now mm. on CAD doing design. Some mm. of their tradesmen now driving marketing with active campaigns and other, other technologies. Some of them, uh, they're, they're, even apprentices, are driving their video, you know, doing video recording that are used on social media and training. Um, some of them are also moving into more supervisory roles and, you know, so, and admin roles and business development roles. Now, 99% of the time, this would not have happened unless they started having this conversation earlier around, okay, where do you want to be a master at, essentially? Where do you want to grow? How's that personal growth going? So we see mastery as a real, a real key component of building that competency within the individual, which is, comes back to what we're talking about with the apprentices. So it's a continual progression where you just don't stop. Mm. Focusing on competence, though, as well, is very much about um, acknowledging when somebody's doing good and mm. acknowledging, to your point on mastery, acknowledging where somebody's strengths lie because the more you can focus on competence and development, the less difficult conversations you're going to have, let's be honest, Mm. you know. So if you're going on a job site and you're saying, hey, I really liked how you dealt with that client, you did a good job, note to self, deal with client in that way. I really like how you've approached your day today. This is is the way we need to work, Mm. you know. Note to self, continue this behaviour. So we can use competence and coaching for so many purposes, but it also creates a sense of I'm doing good. Mm. I'm doing good. I'm seen. I'm heard. I'm valued. Mm. So competence is critical because it's not just critical in the moment, but that moment creates competence across the lifespan. We're validated in how we're showing up for work. And The brain plays tricks on us and we love to zoom in on the negative. We love to Mm. notice when people are doing the wrong thing. So we actually have to work really hard to to look for the good. So I think this is a really important tool for everyone listening today to to make an effort to notice what people are doing right in their job. Notice when Mm. somebody's showing up in a way that is in line with their business values, that is in line with the way they actually want them to work and acknowledge it. Let them own it. And then that will encourage them to continue that behaviour. And then we can start spotting the strengths of that person and we can start this ongoing coaching plan. And this is where a lot of the community tapped into and resonated with your presentation to the team where you framed it as intentionally seek out the good. And I think everyone should just, everyone listening, just write that down now, put a sticker on your on your computer, on your dashboard, intentionally seek out the good. Because too often we might have nine out of 10 things going really good on the day. We're having a great day. And then we have this one thing that goes bad, goes pear-shaped, and we focus on the negative. Whereas coming back to what you're saying, really intentionally seek out the good. And this is where, again, a lot of people and a lot of business owners really struggle. They really struggle with giving positive they feedback. They really yeah. They really struggle with it. And, you know, but let's be honest, Matt, this isn't even positive feedback, right? This is just acknowledging when someone's doing the right yeah. thing. Good job. Well done. Keep yeah, it up. I liked how you did that. That, that, yeah. was, that was the right thing to do. Mm. Because, again, let's put on your, your apprentice hat or let's put on anyone in a workplace. We go to work and, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely somebody who suffered from imposter syndrome throughout my whole <laughs> career, five degrees in psychology and 20 years of work. I still have days where I go, oh, I don't know if I'm doing this right. 
So yeah. imagine, I'm not alone in that scenario. No, I'm confident about not. that, you know. Yeah. I'm confident about that, particularly as a psychologist, because everyone tells me they're the same. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love that, the imposter syndrome, right? And this is where a lot of business owners feel they're, they're an imposter because a lot of business owners, oh, I'm a tradie, I'm good on the tools, and all of a sudden they're running a business. So they're thinking, what right have I got to run a business? What right have I got to run a profitable business? So That's it's very, right. very relevant. That's right, it is. And so, you know, what this is doing, and, and we know from the research that our brain is not wired to do this, right? We have to intentionally seek out good mm. or we have a negative bias. Mm. And you can, you can, you know, for everyone listening today, I want you to think about that. Think about what you talk about and reflect on in your day when you go home. What do you say mm. to your partner, your husband and wife, your kids, your mates when you sit at the pub? What do you do? And what we know we can do is zoom in on that positive. So look for mm. when things are going right. Look for when things are occurring the way you want them to be and call it out and acknowledge it. Mm. And that then says to people that, okay, this is the path we need to keep being on. And that creates that validation and that, you know, inclusive club. Okay, I'm seen, I'm heard, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm in good. and we need that. I'm good. I'm going to keep doing this. And that's at home as well as business, right? That's, you know. In- Absolutely. Kids, everything, you know, it's just that whole intentional seeking out. And because you mentioned that we got that negative bias. Where does that, just want to touch on that a little bit more, how we're just wired to, towards that negative bias? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we have a negative bias because it serves as a self-preservation tool, hmm. you know. we flight, Is it like comes for, back to the flight or fight? Yeah, flight and we look for danger. Our brain is hmm. wired to scan for danger. Hmm. And that was really useful centuries ago. Yeah. But what can happen now is we have a perceived sense of danger. Mm. So we turn on that alarm, that fight or flight response, that, that signal in our brain goes off. You know, sometimes negative, 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 that, negative. That are negative. not justified. Yeah. You know, we see an email from a client and we go, shit, yeah. you know, and, and we turn that on. And yeah. that wired, that, you know, that, that message sends off, you know, says to our brain, because, you, you know, the emotional part of our brain is stronger than the command and control centre, right? right? So yeah. when we perceive danger, the first thing that happens is we have an emotional response. The second thing that happens is then we, we have a logical response, okay, yeah. which is why we say to people when you, when you have that, oh, my God, stop, breathe, and take a moment because that first response is the hippocampus. It's the emotional response. It's the alarm bells. Yeah. Whereas if we can stop and walk away and take a moment, then we can logically respond in a way that's far more cool, calm and collected and appropriate to yeah. the danger that we actually see. Otherwise, we can give a misguided, a misjudged reaction. We've the all been knee, in that situation. The old knee-jerk reaction. If, if I get those sort of emails and it's just like gets the steam going, you t- I type it out and then I'll just leave it there and I'll come to it the next day. That's right. That's exactly right. Day. Just sleep on it. It's amazing what can happen when you sleep on it. Exactly. That exactly, and that's why you know I would I'd say to a lot of people unless uh, email is urgent, never send it in the evening. Yeah. Sleep on it. Send it in the morning or type it out. Don't put the address in. Just wait till the morning comes. Save Talk it over draft. with somebody. Yeah. 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 But you know when we're talking about the uh, positive and and the negative, and sometimes I'm loath to use those words, right? Because yeah. I think it, it's it's almost more saying pleasant and unpleasant. So pleasant Mm. emotions versus unpleasant emotions because that carries less weight. But given what so many people have been through with COVID and then um, now we're talking about the flooding and a lot that's going on in the world, a really simple PPI, positive psychology intervention that people can use is simply a three good things exercise. So we know that if you at the end of each day write down three good things that occurred to you that day, three Mm. things you're thankful for, we know that after a week, that's going to increase your life satisfaction, increase your baseline level of happiness, mm. because what that's doing is it's training the brain to look for the good rather than training the brain, you know, or continuing the brain just seeking out the bad and what's to, not working. To anchor on the negative, because that then obviously rolls into positivity, doesn't it? But I think coming back to what you're saying there, that it's about gratefulness and gratitude. And I think if you do, yeah. if you are grateful and you, you show gratitude, and then generally, yeah, you haven't got room for that that negative right. vibe because yep. you're pushing out the 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 positivity, and I think that's where a lot of people 
if I put a habit in place where I am writing down three things that I'm really grateful for that, I did, that I've done well, then that habit, then that self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like where it's just positive, yeah. positive, positive, right? You just keep on sort of going down that track rather than and feeling that the negative. So you either go left or right. So it's habit. Just get into that that's habit. That's right. It is about the habit. And so, you know, I can have a choice, right? I can have a choice where I can say, I'm really stressed about COVID and the impact that it's having on my work. Mm. You know, I'm really concerned about flooding. The war mm. in the Ukraine is really upsetting me at the moment. Yeah. And, and, and this can occupy a lot of my mind. Mm. But then I can say, my two kids are really healthy. I'm yeah. in a loving marriage. Yeah. And I'm thankful that I have my health right now. Yeah. That is a much more comforting thought than all the worries that are outside of my control. That's right. And the other things right now is that we've got a home that Correct. we're not wet, that my business is still operating. Yeah. So there's a lot of there is a lot of positivity there that we can that we can be grateful for. We can be grateful for. And, and as well, you know, when we're talking about this sort of exercise, it's really important for people listening that it's not always going to be about being positive all the time. Mm. Right? Part of this methodology is also about being able to say, life sucks for me right now. Mm. I'm in a really hard, I'm in a really, really hard spot. Mm. And that's okay. I've been in hard spots before. And slowly I'm going to work myself out of this because I've done hard and I can do hard. But acknowledging that it's hard is good too. Because we, we don't we don't want to be unrealistic. We're unrealistic in, in actually what's occurring for us. Yeah. It, it, it's it's not genuine. We're not being authentic. So when things are tough, we want to acknowledge that it's tough. And then that's when we start leaning on our strength and our, that's, you know, the, where the positive mindset comes. So we say, okay, yeah. this is tough, but what can I do? What's in my circle of control right now? So what we recommend as well, when you want to have that sense of authenticity, we recommend everyone get off social media because totally. there's, there's, yeah. very, there's not much authenticity when it comes to social media and there's not a lot of reality there. Because, again, yeah. I think you, you do need to look in the mirror and, and you yeah, know, we've all been there when we've had really tough times. And I like how you you frame that, though, is that when you're in those tough times, just look back at your history and your, and your story and say, I've been mm-hmm. here before. I can yeah. do this. Just small yeah. steps, just small steps. We're not going to you know, beat this overnight, but let's just take every day, let's, what can we change and what can we work on? Because we've seen so many of our community and obviously friends as well who have really, really struggled through this COVID mm-hmm. period. You know, a lot of them have ended up in hospital, had to get medication. It's really brought up a lot of trauma uh, with people. So everyone is really dealing with it in a different way. And I think this is where, coming back to what we were talking about before, you know, being vulnerable and being mm-hmm. open is a good thing because, again, it, it empowers people. Well, that's that's right, Matt. And, and again, to everyone listening today, I, I see a lot of clients, I've seen a lot of clients over this period of time and as a psychologist I have a supervisor to talk about how you know what people are experiencing and making sure Mm. I'm always you know at the top of my game as well and I said to her I said you know no one's doing well Mm. and she said how could anybody be anything more than surviving when they're Mm. constantly beaten down with all of these things Mm. so for people listening today there is absolutely no shame in having a, a difficult period when we're faced with all of these yeah. uncertainties and complexities. And if anything, I want people to say, right, this is my ignition to learn about psychology. This is my ignition to say, okay, this is a tough time, but what I can do is learn how to respond to the situation that I'm in. I'm going to learn how to manage my mindset. I'm going to learn how to take control of my thoughts and my feelings and my behaviour. Even though right now it's tough for me, even though it's really tough for me, there's things that I can do. And, and all of this stuff that we're thinking about today, if you embrace this, this, is, this isn't like a nice airy-fairy, maybe I could think about it, maybe, oh, one day I'll get to it. If you don't do this, you will not experience a high level of well-being. It's black and white. Mm. You know, you want to go out and eat Maccas every day, you're going to have a health problem. If you want to ignore this and you don't want to engage in doing these things, you will not experience a high level of mental health and that's going to impact yourself, your family, your colleagues, your business and your clients. It's really simple. And one of the, one of the charts that you sh- showed and presented was that getting into that flourishing state, which is what we're talking about. Yeah. We want to be able in that where the intentional investment in mental you know, wellness comes in. As you mentioned, it's mm-hmm. not just a... 
a sometime thing. It's got to be an everyday thing and it's got to be intentional so that we are yeah. flourishing more than not, as you mentioned. But there's there going to be exactly days not. where we're not perfect and we're days where we're really yeah. struggling. And look, and for me, like over you know, 30 plus years of work and with sport and, and dealing with a lot of different people, like the last two years, it's amazing how challenging it's been. And for me, you know, really look internally, you know, how can I sort of go through some of these things that I've never, feelings I've never had to deal with before as well, mm. and especially getting faced with it as a coach and a guide and a mentor, you know, listening it from so many people, you sort of, you take a lot on. So mm. for me, I've had to really, yeah, step back and work on my habits and processes. You know, what is my intentional investment? And so it's me been, too, it's Matt. been really empowering mm. for me. It's been great. Yeah. And, and we've got to walk the talk, right? Mm. We've got to walk the talk. And I think that's, Again, for the people listening today, I know that when some of this slips for me, I feel it. Mm. It shows up all the time. You know, I, I know I know the way I need to set my week. I know yeah. the way I need to live my life, you know. And when we're talking about positive mindset and paying attention to, you know, what's going well, again, getting off social media. But for me, I know it's about so our, our Sundays, we have a family lunch every Sunday. Yeah. And I know that comes back to me actually having a proper conversation with my kids, a proper conversation with my husband mm. about, hey, you know, how do we feel about this? What's going on with this? And that, that for me is essential. That gives me my meaning, but it also helps me hear what's going on for them. You know, I, I think making time for those moments yep. uh, for everyone is so important, particularly during COVID during all of these difficult situations that people in because connecting with loved ones really at its core makes us feel good. And you're spot on there. And this is where a lot of our clients have had really big wins and big gains in, about connecting with family. And it could be as simple as, yeah, we're going to go for a walk. We'll, we'll be That's Every right. morning we're going to go for a walk or once a week we're going to go for a walk or, or the family dinner or pick the kids up from school or be there you know, to take the soccer team uh, or, and then also your personal thing as well. Like for me, you know, I like to get up before the family's up. I can train and get my thing out of the way. I know that that sets me for the day. So that's why I really had to go back to the core over the last you know, couple of years, really get back to, okay, what frames me? What's going to be the best version of me? How am I going to be the best husband, best father, the yeah, best at my work, the best coach? And I know if I, if I don't set that up for me, if I'm not intentional around that, I'm not going to be the best version of myself and then I can't help anyone else. And that's a good question for listeners today. The question is, what do I need to be the best version of myself? What do I need? And I think sometimes there can be incongruencies in the way people set up their week with actually mm. what their authentic self needs to flourish. Mm. So maybe a takeaway from this is for people to just take a moment to reflect and say, okay, what do I need to fulfill these things? What's currently occurring for me in my business? And where are the opportunities for change and growth? What we find in that, that often gets lost because when you become a business owner, too often business owners just become that hamster on the wheel, they're reactive. Then during, generally at that same time, they get a family, they get married, yeah. they get children. So what generally happens is, you know, after the business, the children, the wife and everything else, their personal needs are pushed right down and they actually yep. forget who they are. Yeah. And some people say, well, what what used, what did you used to like? I used to like going to the gym. Well, let's get back into the gym. Let's mm. lock it in. I, I used to like riding the bike or I used to like fishing or riding a motorbike. Well, let's lock it in. Join the club, coming back to that community. Join mm. like-minded people who are inclusive. It's a safe environment. Get back to that. Yeah. You can't be 24-7 just business owner, dad, what a husband or wife, you just can't be that. And I think that's where you've got to connect back to yourself so you can flourish. And what exactly. we call Stephen Covey talks about in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which I love, one of them is sharpening the saw. Is that everyone, every everyone listening, you know, you've got to be sharp. You've got to go back and replenish and just recover so that you can actually come back in a better version of yourself rather than being blunt day in, day out. It's not just about turning up. You've got to come in sharp. So and it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it's okay to say that. It's okay to say, I've got to, I've got to disconnect team. I've got to, and this comes back to that environment. I've got to disconnect today. I'm out. 
I've got to go for a walk, or I've got to go for a surf, or I've got to whatever I need, whatever I need to do. It's okay to do that. Mm, that's right. And and you know, I'm gonna say, build on that. It's not just okay to do it, but it's harder to do it. It's mm. harder to break the status quo. It's harder to have the courage and the bravery to stand up and say, okay, I need to make some changes. And that takes so much courage, particularly when people are already depleted. Mm. particularly when they're on their last reserves, which I think a lot of my clients are right now. A lot of your clients yeah. would probably identify with that too. It's like, oh, my God, how am I going to? How am I going to, to fit to, this in? Jonesy's oh, you know, saying, now I've got to get, get, try and get to the gym. Or yeah. where is this going that's to happen? Right. It's, it's- and, and that's right. And, and let's be frank, right? So that's not exactly what we're saying. What we're saying is, and this links to point four and point five, so when we're thinking about you know, positive mindset, we're talking about playing to your strengths. You are your best when your bucket is full. Mm. So what, what part of you needs to flourish that's not currently flourishing? And, and a good way to assess that is, you know, if you might think about all the, the pockets of your life, your family, your relationships, work, self-care, rate them out of five. Mm. They should all be four to five. Because you should know what you need to do to invest in all of those areas that make you feel complete. Yeah. And if they're not, it's time to make a change. And, and, and again, let's be simple. Like it, it, a change at home might be all phones away at the table and make sure you sit there and have a quality conversation with, with people at least once a week. Yeah. You know, read your child a story. Play basketball with your son. Whatever it is, but it, it can just be small micro moments because it's those small micro moments make the biggest tweaks in our behavior and how we feel yeah it's it's a good point there because often you, you think it's got to be a big thing but just a small micro moments and then rolling into there which which is totally connected to what we're talking about now as you mentioned number five is purpose having that purpose having that mm-hmm. purpose in life having that purpose in a role and, and especially for let's say business owners coming back to business owners as well with their team members you know how do you, how do they ensure that their each team member is coming to coming to work with a purpose in a simple sense, knowing that each team member, when they turn up to work and every task they're doing, has meaning. And that's they're, right. they're, it's not just sort of going through the motions. How important is that? It's so important. And, and this is where, you know, these are all connected. This is where social connection comes back. And one of the great conversations I had with the mechanics of a few years ago was um, the conversations about the cars they were all saving for as apprentices. And they were working really hard to save for the cars that they wanted to buy. And having that conversation and all knowing each other's goal, the buzz at work was completely different to why am I showing up today? Again, those small, tiny shifts in conversation as to what are you working for right now? And yeah. again, you know, sometimes meaning doesn't need to be this huge, big, massive spiritual goal. No. Um, but it's just right now, what are you saving for? You know, another plumber I spoke to, I remember him talking about, I'm just saving for my next ski season. That's why I'm showing up every day. I'm showing up so I can get down to the snow and I can buy my board and that's, that's going to top my bucket up. It's these sort of tiny conversations that make people feel valued, part of a team, but it also helps them by developing their sense of meaning. Yeah, and then that little goal striving. Totally. And one of one of the things within our community and our clients, we everyone creates we frame the way we do it here, which is around their vision, clear promise, and the values and really connecting it. And I think also having that that value-driven behavior that connects things, that gives that purpose and that gives that which comes back to the group and the that inclusiveness. But that exactly. purpose is that, you know, I've got to keep driving today. I've got to turn up today and show up and bring my A game because everyone else is doing it. I don't want to let that team down. I, you know, I'm, right. this is a, this is we're really connected. And everyone knows that if I only bring my B game, then I'm going to be having to lean on someone else or someone else is going to have to step yeah, in. Absolutely. And again, I'd encourage business owners here to also have some team goals around meaning. So whether that be a charity day or whether that be something that they all want to support together. That builds, again, a sense of community. But also we know based on goal research is that the benefit of goals comes and the true reward comes from the goal striving, not the goal attainment. Yeah. So, again, we can create these beautiful communities where there's so much positivity and 
And by positivity, I mean there's joy, there's awe, there's love, there's happiness, there's laughter, there's all of these things because we're working towards something. So, again, I would encourage people to say, What's, what are we going to work towards as a small community? What's something that we're passionate about? You know, what can we set as a goal for us and what does that look like? And that, again, encourages people to bring their A game to work mm. because they are part of a shared experience. And they're trying to work towards that higher meaning or that, yeah. that higher purpose. And this comes back to as a business owner under the frame of business for good. How can you use your business? And this is why it's important to have a profitable business, efficient business, because if you've got cash in the bank, yes, you can cover your personal expenses, but you can also help others that are, yeah, that are in right. need as well. And then that's a really key purpose that you can connect, like you mentioned, have social days or community days or charity days, you know, who can you help out there, which again, as a group, you can, you know, work towards and build towards and give that excitement. That it's, it's not just us. We're actually helping. Yeah. There's a bigger people. world out there. And yeah. when we, and I'm not talking here about making major donations here. I'm talking about filling yeah. our bucket up and somebody yeah. else's bucket at the same time. Right. And actually that act of kindness towards somebody else does as much, if not more, for the giver than it does the receiver. Yeah, exactly. So we're thinking about business owners being really stressed right now. We want to inject some fun. We want to inject some, you know, some life and take the weight off people's shoulders by helping them do good and be part of those communities for others. I remember my kids have to donate birthday money to a charity each year. This one year, my son got so much Lego of family but the joy that he experienced when we said, mate, you've just given a, a small village water for six months. You know, you, you get goosebumps even thinking mm. about it. A Lego set comes and goes, and I think it might have been $50 a donation. Yeah. I'll never, I'll never forget that moment where I saw his face realise he was actually able to do something like that, to affect that kind of social change by such a small donation. A greater and impact. Greater impact, and, and and that makes you feel good. And when we think about mm. the definition of what is flourishing, it's feeling good and functioning well. So we want to feel good, and we can feel good by so many ways that relate to meaning, but also being a part, a person in our community. When you do connect on those levels, and look right now with COVID, with floods, you know, with war, Ukraine, you, you just see that the communities are really coming together. So I think. The one thing over the last couple of years, it is bringing people closer. I think it, right. it's definitely bringing people closer. But again, so for a, for a business owner right now is think about the purpose. Obviously, uh, you're turning up and often for a lot of people, it's a groundhog day. They're, they're slogging yeah. out. You know, what are you trying to, one, for your family? You know, what is your purpose of going to work? How are you going to change the, your family's lifestyle, which will get you motivated as well? What And then also the, the impact in your, in your local community, but also as being a coach and a mentor that you've got an opportunity to develop individuals like apprentices coming through. You've got an opportunity to really mentor people, give them confidence and courage and that often they've never had in their lives. Like a lot of them have, a lot, and this is where it comes back to empathy and listening, understanding their background. Mm. You know, some of them may have never had a, a father figure in their life or some of them have just mm. come from a real background where they've never had any praise. No one's actually put their arm around them, shown them any love. Mm, which is right. you know, build a business around purpose, which is, you know, we want to be known as a as a, a caring environment where right. you know we we want to make people just be their personal best. How can we doesn't matter if you stay in this organization or not, but how can we take someone and when they leave this organization, they're in a better place? That's right. And, which and is a I great guess purpose. It's a fantastic purpose. And I guess to, as well, you know, it, and it's it's probably it's funny for me, I guess, as a psychologist, because one of my key purposes is almost to make myself redundant <laughs> in a, in my interaction <laughs> with a person. I want to develop a person and equip them with enough skills that they no longer need me regularly. You know, yep. and I think business owners can learn a lot from that, right? Because mm. you almost want to make yourself psychologically redundant with your staff. You want to coach them enough that they don't need constant coaching. They just need a check-in every now and then because the more you invest in developing them as a person from a psychological plus a skill-based level, the less you're actually needed because they can do the thinking for you. And that's a mind shift for a lot of people. 
but it's a weight off people's mind as well. That's a massive one. And business owners who get that, it's transformational. It, it is. Really, it really is transformational. Um, so, yeah, no, they've got you know, everything we touched on, like it's just that prescription. And I'll just yeah. just finishing up, I'll just go through that. So it's the for everyone, I want to write it down also. I'll write it in the – it'll be on the, the show notes and on our website. But community, it's about building that social connection, number one. Number two, autonomy. Number three, mastery and competence. Number four, positivity. And then the final one, number five, is really having that purpose and that overall prescription. Because this is one thing I wanted to, to tap into in this podcast and talking to you is that I want to have clear actions and guidelines that people can take even little snippets of and start putting it into their their daily lives and, and, and change their habits, which is really powerful rather than just talking about mental health and uh, wellness. But I really want to have some action plan. And I think you framed that really well, Danielle, which is which is fantastic. So is there anything just to, to finish up on any sort of one piece of jam or story you'd like to, to share? I just think I just think for everyone listening, the one question I want you to walk away with today for each of those five components is, is ask yourself, what am I doing to build social connection and where are the opportunities to do more? And, and ask that question for each of those five capabilities and then come out with an action plan for that because you'll only reap the rewards. Yeah, that's great advice. So if you do do that, listeners, please share us back on email. We'd love to hear what they are, actually. That'd be great. And maybe, Daniel, we can touch base later in the year, hopefully post-COVID and post a few other things, it might be good to, to tap in because I know you've got some other information and more research that is coming out, which may be great to be able to tap into as well. Absolutely. And hopefully we'll have some good people who we can share some stories that people are you know, willing to share with us. Yeah, that'd be great. Look forward to hearing it. Well, thanks, Daniel. It's been great. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. You're here to change your life. Because there's too much on the line, you're sacrificing shit like now and your family need to benefit. You've got to make learning a passion for yourself. The clicker for me come, I realise that, hey, I've got to get better at business.